Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number eight of That's What Be Said, brought to you by Fansighted. I'm your host, Bree at Breezy Clee, and I've got my two lovely ladies tonight at Bird's Eye View, Miss Brittany Mollis. Hi, Britt. Welcome in tonight. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Sorry, I'm dead. I'm dead. <laughs> As <sighs> is the rest of Northeast Ohio. <sighs> we also have Meredith joining us tonight as well at MCAN Sports. Hi, Mayor. But it's like a good dead, though. Yes, exactly. It's, it's, yeah. I mean, like, if I had to die, last night would have been it. <laughs> I would have been like, just take me now. I'm fine with it. You don't don't need to continue living. Nope. I was good. I was ready to go last night. <laughs> yeah, this is, this is, this is a pretty amazing feeling. I actually, like, questioned if the world was going to end. Like, I was almost a little bit scared to fall asleep last night based on oh my God. what went down. Um, so, obviously, guys, we have a really, really great show plan tonight because the Browns beat the Steelers. <laughs> I still have tears. Holy shit. I still have tears. I think they just, like, my whole, all of my eyes are just, like, crusted. <laughs> Picture me right now, half dead with crusted eyes. I've been chugging this, how big is this? Uh, 50 ounces of water. I just keep refilling it. It's wow. just, I know, everything. But you know what, guys? They really beat the Pittsburgh Steelers in the playoffs. Ooh, they did. In they Pittsburgh. Did. They in did it. Pittsburgh. They <sighs> beat Pittsburgh on the road with Ben Roethlisberger, with TJ Watt, with Marquise yeah. Pouncey, with, with all of them. And then apparently Derek Watt as well. I didn't realize that there's another Watt brother. <laughs> just how many of them are there? I always forget. Me and my brother were just talking about that. I was like, imagine being their mom and you <laughs> pop out three NFL oh players. <laughs> three. Yeah. Oh, my God. Good so, Lord. It's like the, the Fuller family as well. Most of them went through Virginia Tech, and I want to say three out of the five of them are in the NFL right now. That's insane. Like, yeah. I, I, if I were, like, what a job that would be to be the mom of, like, just NFL players. Right? Could yeah. you imagine feeding them? No. Like, you have to, like, you'd probably have to cook a banquet every single night just yeah. to keep up with their calorie needs. Yeah, I, like their parents probably like, oh, you know, what do you do? Oh, what do I do? I just produce NFL players. What do you do? <laughs> God, what a flex. That is very true. Very true. We're already going down a rabbit hole. We are. <laughs> it, is, Listen, it has been a day. We have so much to get into tonight. Um, obviously, we're going to break down the game. We, we, we walked you guys through a few days ago why the Browns should win the game. And I think we need to recap that a little bit with some storylines coming out of the game and what actually happened. But first, before we start, we just wanted to take a moment. I'm going to turn my hat backwards for this. So just, and I know you can't see me, but just imagine me. Tonight we want to dedicate this show to all of the insufferable Browns Dales tonight. You doubted this team the entire year. You shifted the goalposts to fit your narrative and provided some really crappy takes all year. In addition, you tried to drag us down to steal our light and positivity. But as the Browns have prevailed, so have we. So to take a page from our lovable Baker Mayfield's book, you know, the quarterback that you wanted to give up on after the first game this season, we hope you hear our pettiness loud and clear because this 
This is That's What B Said Maserati Moment. This is Woo! it. Woo! There you go. Take you, that. Mate. Take, suck on that, Dales. <laughs> so I am generally against gatekeeping. However, I feel like for all of those Dales, they need to serve some kind of apology tour before they're allowed to enjoy the Browns and call themselves a Browns fan. I don't care how old you are. I don't care if you saw the drive, saw the fumbles. <laughs> Shut up. Nope. Like everyone knows the history of the Browns. So every time you talk about being a fan, you don't need to reiterate the history. We get it. You saw the drive. You saw the fumble. You're a fan of Bernie Kosar, the cardiac kids, blah, blah, blah. Don't give a shit. If you want to become a Browns fan now for this team, you owe every single woman that you attacked on Twitter an apology, starting with Brittany Mollis. Yeah. Like, you son of a seriously. bitch. <laughs> I mean, for all of the positivity that we put out for the Browns this year, for, for everything that we have done to cheer for the Browns and to support them and to find the the good side of everything and the positive angle to just be attacked for it. And now you're saying, oh, I've been a Browns fan since 1950. Shut up. <laughs> Apologize to us. You know, I didn't check, but I'm sure even after last night, they were still finding reasons to complain about things. I'm sure of it. I don't know what oh. these things could possibly have been. I, I have one thing. We'll talk about it. it. It will pertain to the recap of the game because like, okay. I did see it in the moment. But today, Brittany, I haven't seen it as much. But like what I will say is it, it's exactly that. Like. Because you've been miserable, like, that's your choice to be miserable watching this football team. Yes. We have all suffered through the bad seasons together. We just don't choose to let that impact what we put out there. Right? Like, it's draining to be that miserable all the time. And, And I tweeted about this today, but, you know, I oftentimes go back to things that we've tweeted about. I think, you know, just over a year ago, we were... We were recapping the podcast of Kevin, the Kevin Stefanski hire. Yes. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We had people just like jumping down our throats. Like we always win in the off season. We win at press conference. It doesn't mean anything like go win football games. And what I like to do is I like to go click on those replies of all of the miserable people that commented and click on their profile to see like what they're tweeting about now. And they're all like so happy. And I just want to say I'm glad that you're happy. I'm glad that you're finally happy. Just keep that same energy, okay? Keep that same energy this week and Sunday. All right? That's my advice. Also, I don't think people understand how, number one, exhausting it is, but also difficult it is to try to remain positive all the time or try to put a positive spin on anything. And, you know, on top of that, especially when we're talking about a franchise like the Cleveland Browns, who historically has not given us a whole lot of reason to be positive, yeah. but we still try so hard week after week to remain positive and sort of, like, spread this, this these positive vibes out to all of you. And I just, I, I feel like we're finally being vindicated for everything, starting with, you know, the Kevin Stefanski hire and, you know, we've always been down with Baker and we never gave up on him. You know, and last week when we did the podcast and everything was working against the Browns. Literally yes. every single thing was building up to just be, you know, this is going to be another letdown. But it wouldn't have been their fault. Like nobody could have blamed them if that's how it would have ended up. But, you know, just to, to have that moment where 
suddenly it's not at all the same old Browns. Because if it were the same old Browns, they would have lost that game last night. Yes. So something's different. Something's special. And there's a little bit of magic in this team, I think. Honestly, if it was the same old Browns, they wouldn't have beaten the Steelers in Week 17. Yeah, and exactly. they wouldn't. Have, they would have. They would have lost to the Steelers in Week 17 and not made the playoffs at all. That's the same yes. old Browns. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yes. You're right. So and the I, fact I, that they they controlled their own destiny in the regular season and they took control and they made it to the playoffs and then they went into Pittsburgh and proved something. Yeah, it's really what we've seen all year from them. To be yes. honest, you know, like we've seen them have these games where like you're just holding out for something bad to happen yes um and it hasn't happened you know I mean I think the the Jets game I'm not even going to say that 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 was something that like went horribly wrong that was COVID that was a circumstance that they couldn't control or do anything about so like Mm -hmm. to me that wasn't that wasn't the same old Browns and you know it's it's so that that saying is just so tired and old and and just lazy quite frankly and we have to hear about it from other fan bases and other players other NFL professional football players we have to hear it from I don't need to hear it from the so-called Browns fans okay so I hope it's officially retired that same old Browns because if you can't see that this team is something special like Brittany said magical then you're the problem yeah all right let's talk about the win this is a very negative connotation I I know it back up I mean, if you're going to sit here and say same old Browns, then you're not a Browns fan. Bye. See, your, see yourself out. Yes. Well, guys, we've, t- we've talked about it, but the Browns won their playoff game against the Steelers at Pittsburgh. Uh, they broke the – I mean, they've broken all of these things all season long. They broke the streak of losing at Pittsburgh Stadium, what, 17 games they haven't, they haven't won? That changed last night on a national stage – in a playoff game. In a 48 to 37 victory, the Cleveland Browns absolutely destroyed the Steelers and it was glorious. I know how you ladies are feeling today, but I have to ask you, do you care to share any stories about the moment that you witnessed this happening? Um, I, I would love to hear it. I've, I've loved hearing just on the internet, like seeing people celebrating and on TikTok, like people screaming at their TVs. It just like, just made me smile. So Brittany, I'm going to start with you on your moments last night. Were you sweaty? Were you nervous? What happened? (laughs) There was no palm sweat. (laughs) Listen, you know me like, okay, actually you all saw the picture of me when I said, oh, I'm not nervous. And then you see a picture of me freaking out. But last night I just felt like this, when the game started, I felt this sense of calm come over. Because I was like, you know what? There's nothing more that they could do. I, I can't control the situation, so I'm not going to sit here and get stressed out about it. And then in the, in the first quarter, when they had that bad snap, and uh, like just thinking about it like pains me because <laughs> Ben, like he, he ran back there, and then he just stared at the football so and didn't weird. do anything. I was like, what the hell? But at that moment, I was like, this is it. Like, to me, that was it. That was the game. I was he like, was all right. Slow motion. Yes. Slow, like Miles Garrett was like five steps behind I, him. I could not. I We were just rewatching the game at my house. And like that moment hit again. And I'm just like, did he give up on like everything in that in that moment? Because th- for me, as soon as that happened, I took like. The, the biggest sigh of relief. I was like, this is it. Like, the Browns are going to win this game. And, you know, everything just went 
to hell for the Steelers <laughs> for the first quarter, which was glorious and beautiful. Um, but yeah, like the the Cleveland was was so much fun last night. Um, I got to to see. I we met Autumn, which is great, guys. Aww. Autumn, she came to hang Aww. out with us, and Jenna's in town. She surprised me on Saturday, so it was just like it was just a really beautiful weekend. And yesterday was probably one of my favorite days ever. I love it, Meredith. Yes. I know you were working, but you and I were texting back and forth to try to keep each other some sort of sane. What what was going through your head? during the time leading up to the game and, and obviously game time. I, well, I don't really want to talk about my mental state leading up to the game <laughs> because there's a lot of things happening in my personal life that were bringing me down. So I, I was just going into work like it was any other day because if I thought too much about the game itself, I'd probably, I don't know mess up something if I thought too much about what was going on in my personal life then I would definitely mess things up because that was stressing me out so uh, I go in and so my boss is not from Cleveland he is from New York he is a Giants fan but I have never seen him cheer so loud during a Browns game while we were at work in studio he's literally pounding the doors like grabbing my chair and shaking it and jumping up and down and hooping and hollering and I was like who who is this man <laughs> like I've never seen that side of my boss before and I was kind of doing the same like I was pounding the table we were getting super raucous and it was just it, it was it was a really cool moment like my coworkers are some special people so to be able to share that with my coworkers was a lot of fun yeah, I um so you know, I have two little ones, two little kids at home, and so we had to strategically plan out bedtime um before the game started, which it's a little bit sketchy because they typically go to bed right around eight o'clock. So we, we took him up a little bit early and little dude's going through a scared phase, so he's a little bit harder to get down. But my husband told me that he would stay up there with him and he had to like watch him fall asleep. <laughs> That's the new thing these days. Um so I went downstairs to get settled into my spot and the, the snap, the bad snap happened. They scored a touchdown and then immediately Ben turned the ball over again. And I didn't see my husband until halftime. Like I, I didn't even know where he was. Um, and so he tried to come down at halftime to start the third quarter to watch the game with me. And as soon as like the, the Steelers started mounting their, their, what felt like a comeback, but was like very far away from being a comeback. I sent him back upstairs. I was like, wherever you came from, just go back there. Like, we can't, we can't do this. We can't watch this game together. So <laughs> I, we I got, cannot watch this game together. <laughs> Leave me alone. I got extremely superstitious <laughs> in the moment. Um, was, and I was he okay with that? I, I told him when he came down, I was like, I will blame you if the Browns end up losing this game. Like, I hope that you can carry that weight on your shoulders for the rest of your life. <laughs> <laughs> So he was like noted. Um, so yeah, we watched the game separately. So I was texting Meredith most of the night. I'm, I'm in a family group text. Um, and then I have I have a special Twitter friend named Gary that always DMs me. Um, so I've got like multiple people that I'm talking to. Um, but I intentionally muted the game and put on Jimmy D's call. So I had to I had to slow my TV down slightly. So I was like about 30 second delayed which was also like giving me a little bit of anxiety uh, because if I checked the internet or if I checked my group, my group text, um, I already knew like what happened. So 
I was trying to be very careful about that, but my husband told me he heard me, like he saw something happen, and then like ten seconds later he'd hear me like go crazy. <laughs> he was like, it was really funny to like be upstairs to hear you going. You were on, like I was in the basement, and he was upstairs, so we were like a three story difference, and he could still hear me. So. Oh my gosh. You know, it's, I feel it. bad that, that you missed um, the commentary last night because you missed Chris Collinsworth say really cool things like, have a dog pound. <laughs> Sorry, what? <laughs> have a dog pound. What I don't even know what that mean? means. I've been thinking about it for hours. I was like, what, what are you talking you about, that? Chris? Um, in the first, yeah, it was right after uh, one of the turnovers. In like the first quarter, <laughs> and Which like one? they were just—they were about, uh, yeah, they—they were um about to I don't go to commercial and like they showed they had that that chain with the bone on it. Oh yeah 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 the yeah. And, and Chris Collinsworth, I, he was so funny. He's like, all right, have a dog pound. <laughs> <laughs> that is so creepy. Oh, I loved it. And then oh, at one point they were going to commercial, and I think the the Browns were up like 21 nothing or 14 nothing or something and you know they were doing like the the video montage before they go to commercial a little slow motion stuff and chris collinsworth goes well i don't know what to tell you and then they just <laughs> went to commercial I was like this is gold just let him do everything yeah after okay so you know i i actually felt like weirdly calm too when the game started like even before the miffed snap um i was too nervous to eat dinner so i just didn't eat um, but I like just felt like, okay, like I, I was going into it, like whatever the outcome is, like, I'm going to be okay with this. I just want them to like, look like they belong there. Mm-hmm. That was all that I wanted from the Browns. So I kind of had that, that mentality going in. Um, and when I saw that America picked the Browns to win and like nobody else did, like the entire national scene, like national media picked the Browns to lose. Yeah. You know, like there's no yeah. way, like no way, no way, no way. You guys are all crazy. And I was like. America knows something. America is smart. Well, they world's know. team. Half of America is smart. <laughs> <laughs> we are America's team. <laughs> world's team. It was world's team. I tweeted about this last night, but it was like middle of the night because, you know, that's when we were broadcasting. But we had calls um, after the game from literally all over the world. Like there were people calling in from all over the country, like New York, North Carolina, Mississippi, parts of California. This Browns backer from Alaska called in (laughs) and described, he described the setup that they had. They wanted to be COVID safe. So they put their TV like inside a garage behind plastic and then set their chairs up six feet apart. And they literally got the Browns backers in Alaska together and watched the game outside in Alaska. Oh my gosh, that's insane. January, yeah. And then we had callers from Guam, from Saudi Arabia, from... uh, Gosh, what was another country? We had one call in from Nova Scotia. That's amazing. it It was mind boggling. I was almost in tears because I was just so overwhelmed. And I tweeted again about this this morning. You know, my dad's from Cleveland. And one of his childhood best friends currently lives in in Kansas right now. And he emailed me this morning about the Browns win. Like, it's just like the true fans are like the the fandom and just the dedication. It's it's so overwhelming. Like we make fun of the Dales. And I know I went on a rant at the beginning of the podcast, but 
like we realize that that's a loud minority of Browns yes. fans. Yes. So, mm-hmm. you know, just the the ones that were calling into the show last night, my dad texting me, his friend emailing me this morning, like it's just been like happy tears for the last 12, 24 hours, whatever it is. And Meredith, we have to share our dad's story because you and I both had like a very yes. similar experience with our dad texts ha- like happening. So Meredith had texted me like when the Browns went up. I mean, I don't know if it was twenty-one nothing at that point or twenty-eight nothing. I don't know. It was when they were up. I mean, we lost count. Saying that we in lost the first count of the score. There were just <laughs> there were so many touchdowns. We lost count. Um, and so my dad had you know my I've talked about him before. I said I feel like I say this every show. He's he's neg he negative glass half empty kind of guy, and he texted and said like is this the setup is this the dream setting up for the nightmare or like something dramatic okay oh my gosh (laughs) but like before that before that after like the miffed um the miffed snap happened he he texted something that gave me a glimmer of hope for my dad and he said now we need a big ben pick six and i was like oh my god oh my god like he just said something positive like that he thought was going to happen but then he like he he turned around with the whole like the dream setting for the nightmare. And so I texted it to Meredith and I was like, my dad's already turned after that. Like one glimpse of positivity, like the Browns have scored more points and like the more doom he feels. I know. And then almost simultaneously, my dad texts me. I had to just look them up. So he texts me, holy crap, with like seven exclamation points. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, what is this? And he says, it's an 18 year old episode of the Twilight Zone. And then and then this was like the same moment where it was like, didn't they do this against someone else and then scored zero in the second <laughs> half and almost lost? And I was like, yeah, dad, it was Tennessee, but shut up. <laughs> like, I actually told my dad to shut up. Yeah. Oh, my God. I, I mean, at one point I texted my family big dick energy, like in the group text with <laughs> my mom and dad and, and my husband. You know, we weren't together. So like today we were talking about it and he was like, yeah, he was like. No one responded for a while in the group text. After you said that. <laughs> I was like, I know. I was like, you think they know what it means? And he was like, as opposed to little dick energy. I, like, I don't know. Like nobody asked me to explain what I meant. So um, yeah, sorry, mom and dad for that one. I apologize. Oh that reminds me, and this is like not sports related, but I forget what I was texting my mom about, but I kept using the term OG. Like, oh, the OG this, the OG that. And my mom was like, what's OG? And I was like, oh. I told her it was short for original. There <laughs> that's you go. all I told, that's all I told her. There so now go. anytime I say OG, she she understands it. But she was just like, <laughs> it was such an innocent moment. Like every once in a while, my mom will ask me to explain an internet meme. <laughs> or no. like, or or in that case, rap lyrics. And I, oh, just, had to, and I just had to be like, no, it's like, a, it's the original mom. That's Did she all. ask you about Corvette Corvette? What the, what the meaning? <laughs> she didn't. I don't think she's aware of like the Corvette because okay. my parents are not on social media. So I don't think they were aware of the Corvette Corvette thing. But uh, listen, I didn't, I wasn't aware of Corvette Corvette till about four days ago. What? Like I had when no idea. When you joined idea. TikTok? Because I, I was, joined. yeah, imagine my confusion when I just see this everywhere. Like Corvette Corvette Corvette. And I'm like, I have no idea. Like what is happening? Is everyone simultaneously having a stroke? <laughs> Corvette, Corvette. Now it all makes sense. All makes I sense. still don't fully grasp it, but, you know, he doesn't matter. None, right. none of them matter. Take that, Chase. He broke my heart, by the way, Chase oh, Claypool. I was thinking about you. People were texting me, like, come get your boy. I'm like, that ain't my boy. He's dead <laughs> to me. 
He's dead to me. He pulled a Mariah Carey. I don't know her. Yeah, exactly. I've never heard of her. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get into it. This is a great segue into we're going to go through some intriguing storylines from the game. Um, I want to talk about them and, and we can start there. So Brittany's referring to Chase Claypool um, still talking smack after they just lost um, today. I think he was like streaming a video game. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't Sorry, Chase. We're too busy preparing for our playoff game next week. <laughs> like, you can keep playing your video games. But, I mean, the storyline leading up to the game was all about Juju Smith-Schuster, um, who, in one of his press conferences, said the Browns is the Browns. I mean, they have a couple of good players, but, like, it's the same Browns I always play. And I'm paraphrasing there, but it was pretty much something like mm-hmm. that. And the nameless gray faces, which I know is a Mike Tomlin thing. But, yeah, I think altogether he, he – Gave them a lot of locker room material. And mm-hmm. um, I think all of Steelers Nation had defended him. And I think all of Steelers Nation actually feels this way. So they just ate their words. Um, what did you guys think of this storyline leading up to it? And did this also give you guys just, you know, was this satisfaction just watching it all play out after this all happened? Oh, absolutely. Nobody's earned it more than Juju this year. Honest to God, from <laughs> dancing on the logos in the middle of the field, and you know, they, Tomlin finally had to tell him, stop doing that. Um, and you could tell that that clearly gave the Browns even more motivation to win this game because they were, like, trolling him afterwards. I don't know if you guys saw the, the Instagram videos oh, yeah. of them yep. doing the – I think it was the Corvette Corvette yes. thing, yep. I assume. <laughs> and Miles Garrett, the night before, he shared that video on his Instagram using Juju's words as the background. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, like, he, he really did give them all the motivation they needed to go out and – play their hearts out yesterday and they did so i if other than you know big ben and his turnovers and everything a lot of things fell apart for the steelers but i put this loss on juju he like you there are ways to lose the game without actually you know on the field and i think he lost that game for them yeah. I'm just laughing that Chase Claypool today was like, oh, well, they're going to get bounced next week. And yeah. I'm like, bitch, you got bounced yesterday. <laughs> right. You're not yeah. even playing. <laughs> like, you're, pl- you're like, you're playing video games while the Browns are preparing to go to Kansas City. Like, how yeah. are you still like, how do you still think you're better than that? Like, I just I saw that. And I think I put that in our group text, too. Like, you, you got you're you were already bounced. Right. You already got your cheeks clapped. Get out of here. <laughs> Yeah, it reminded me of, do you remember in the Cavs championship run um, and the finals when Clay Thompson made the mm-hmm. comment about LeBron James and his postgame presser that, like, this is a man's league, and mm-hmm. I guess he got his feelings hurt. Yep. And, and at that point, they were up 3-1 to one in the series. And we all yep. know what happened after that. LeBron and Kyrie went off the next game. Mm-hmm. They each dropped 41 points and eventually led the comeback that has never happened in history before to go on and win the freaking championship game. So, like, you can't tell me that words don't matter. Like, these are professional players. I get it. They're going to come out and perform. But, man, you gave them added motivation to come in and beat the crap out of you. Yeah. These – go ahead, Meredith. I was going to say, I really want Kansas City to start to do the same, although I think we saw a little bit of that on Twitter. But, like, you know know Patrick Mahomes is going to keep a level head. Like, he's not going to talk trash. But, like – I want the I want the Kansas City fans to talk trash. I want the team to talk trash because clearly, clearly we see 
what that does to the Browns, it gives them more motivation. Well, yeah, I mean, this is a this is a team led by a quarterback that loves to have a chip on his shoulder, right? I mean, mm-hmm. he is the king of pettiness. I mean, he yes. like the whole backwards hat thing that happened with Colin Coward, and then he shows up to the press conference, turns his hat around, <laughs> the Maserati play. I mean, like, like keep keep it coming, honestly. Like, you guys are helping them. Yes, absolutely. And I love the storyline, honestly. Like, this is what makes sports fun. Like I, I like I like the, I like to be on the good side of the trash talk when it works in our favor. Like I don't want the Browns to, to go out and, and get this like cockiness. Um, and I don't think they will because I think Kevin Stefanski is not about that life. But man, Mike Tomlin, like you have to question, like did he let that locker room get away this year? And like is Ben really a leader? I think they're done. Yeah. I don't know if we're gonna like get into this part of it. I don't know if it's on the run, but. Uh, you saw at the end when like Ben was just crying at the end of the game. Like I, I think last night we might have seen his last game. And I do think Mike Tomlin let this team get out of control. Yeah. Like the the things that they did during the year. You and you start the, the year off at eleven and zero, and then you just <laughs> like a collapse for the ages. Yeah. I Mike Love Tomlin. He's. I think I don't know if they will, but. I know that some Steelers fans are, you know, calling for him to get fired. I, I mean, I, this is Mike Tomlin's fault. He yeah. really, he did a, a, a bad job this year. Just piss poor. I think the 11 and 0 may have had a lot to do with it. Cause what's one of the things that we've always said, you know, about the Browns, especially with Baker Mayfield doing his, you know, photo shoot with the tiger and, and the car and doing uh-huh. the progressive commercials and everyone gets annoyed by it. And then all of a sudden he's winning. He's doing a great job. Nobody cares. Like yeah. you yeah. can get away with a lot when you're winning. True. And I think that's what happened with the Steelers is that they went up 11 and 0 to start the season, which was absolutely unheard of. And I think it just allowed the players to get away with a lot of things that they would not have gotten away with had they had a start, say, similar to the Ravens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree with that. That, that, could, sure. that could very well be. Um, so to continue with the storylines of the game, um, let's talk about leading up to the game. We are all well aware, well aware of the adversity that this team faced. They didn't have their head coach. They didn't have Joel Batonio. They barely had a practice. It didn't seem to be a problem. It like, I think very. This is why people wrote them off in not having a chance at this game. But it's pretty incredible to think about that. I mean, they they were going on what three weeks of like barely any practice. Yeah. And and they still they they beat their starters. All the guys that rested last Sunday, man, was that was it worth it to rest? Yeah, Meredith, are you gonna um, are you gonna troll the people in your TikTok? They were yelling at you. I think so. Um, it's gonna be hard because <laughs> I checked my TikTok this morning. There's like 150 comments. Although, granted, within the last 12 hours, a lot of the comments have become "Go Browns." So <laughs> the comments have definitely changed. But there's one or two particularly nasty ones that I think I'm gonna respond to but um, I think you should I think you should you know what I just I got a funny idea for a TikTok I was like I'm gonna make this cute little TikTok I've got like 30 followers it's gonna be seen by 12 people it's whatever <laughs> it and only the next takes thing one I, only takes one to blow up Meredith I exactly. know but it didn't it's not like I don't like to consider it blown up because it's it's got a few thousand views which is fine but like I consider the blown up TikToks are the ones that get hundreds of thousands of views so it's not blown up it's just it it got a little bit of traction, that's all. 
ego. No, but like as far as everything, if you look at all the things that went wrong for them and then look at what they were able to do with not a whole lot of things intact, not a whole, you know, barely any practices. And they went out there last night at Heinz Field and just embarrassed that team. I mean, is there any other... Is That might be my favorite win of all time because they they were working with basically nothing. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. And they just... They, uh, I'm speechless. I'm just thinking about it. It doesn't even seem real right now. I know. It was like we were like it was an out of body experience yes. watching that game last night. Yes. That first quarter, I was like, nothing will ever feel as good as this for- first quarter <laughs> yeah, feels I right mean, now. This is it. This is the peak felt, of existence. Remember when we felt that way against Dallas? Like I think that yes. was the time that Dallas game where we were all like, Holy crap, I think the Browns are real. Like I yes. think mm-hmm. this team is gonna be good. Mm-hmm. So I really want to talk about um, this Football Morning in America article that Peter King writes every week. I don't know if you guys got a chance to read it. Yes. Highly highly recommend if you haven't yet. It is so good. But I want to point out a very specific story that I think we need to point out for Andrew Barry because he is just, we've said from the beginning, smart people doing smart things. And Andrew Barry is one of the smartest. So we know that the offensive line was... A little decimated. A little. And a little. So Andrew Barry was like, we need a little bit of depth on on this offensive line. And so with the NFL COVID protocols, if a player had to fly to the game, I think that required five days of quarantine. Um, but if they were able to transport themselves via car, they could start the same day. And that's exactly what happened with Blake Hance. Like he was supposed to be on the practice squad for the Jets and Andrew Barry calls Joe Douglas and says hey I just wanted to let you know I'm swiping this guy from your practice squad we really need him for the game so he picked somebody in New Jersey because he knew that he'd get from New Jersey to Pittsburgh in a single day and he arrived in (laughs) Pittsburgh on Saturday night and like ran into Case Keenum in an elevator he remembered Case Keenum because they both worked out with Washington uh, back in what was it 2018 I believe but but Case Keenum didn't recognize him and he was like hey Case do you remember I blocked for you during training camp in Washington I'm on the Browns oh my now gosh. like it's, oh my gosh it's such a great story but it's also just again this front office this head coach they're like at this point they're not even playing chess anymore they're playing cones of Dunshire like the strategy <laughs> is just the the thought the strategy just everything they're doing is just incredibly smart moves and so the whole article that peter king wrote just outlined everything that happened in the seven days leading up to the game and that was the one story that i just read and i was like this is amazing yeah it was a really good article and he also that he also outlined then what happened like in the game and thank goodness he went and signed this blake guy because Michael Dunn, who started the game, who we were not anticipating having to start, got mm-hmm. injured. And Blake had to go fill in for him in mm-hmm. in a playoff game, in a team that he met or that he met, like, not even that day. <laughs> he like, literally yeah, like knew 24 no hours prior. Yeah, in Baker's post-game press conference when they were asking him about Blake Hans, he was like, yeah, Blake's a great guy. I met him this morning. <laughs> yeah, I, yes, I mean... This is this is a movie. This is a movie in the making. It is. And you know what my favorite thing is? 
They never made any excuses. Exactly. Nope. Mm-hmm. Not once did they say, yeah, you know, we're shorthanded or things are different. This, you know, sort of, you know, it's an obstacle that we didn't anticipate. But nothing. They never gave a single excuse. And, yeah. like, that's just good on them. I'm so proud of everything that they've done this year. Yeah. The, the woe is me is not this team. No. They don't feel sorry for themselves at Ever. all. Ever. It's so- amazing. So I remember before the season started on this podcast, I asked you guys what your definition of a successful season was. And I think at that point, I think we all said that just a winning, an over 500 season, Mm -hmm. we would consider a successful season. Now, Mm -hmm. after the Jets loss, I think it was a little tough because that was a really bad loss that shouldn't have happened. And so even at that point, even though the Browns were over 500 and were guaranteed to finish the season over 500, that felt... Like, it may have tainted a little bit, and it got a lot of the negative Dales out of the woodwork, saying, like, oh, Kevin Stefanski sucks, Baker Mayfield sucks, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> then they beat the Steelers, and it's still not enough. And I think, Brittany, I, I don't remember exactly who said what. I think you were the one who said just making it to the playoffs would be, you know, would be a dream. And that's exactly what they did. Mm-hmm. So not only, not only did they make it to the playoffs, they exercised their demons in Pittsburgh. So I'm just so happy that at this point we can look at this team and look at this coach and look at this front office and say, this has been a successful season and it's not over yet. Yes. Yeah. I totally agree. Mm -hmm. It reminds me of March Madness a little bit where you get that like Cinderella team that like gets into the dance and then they, they go a long way. Like this is like what the Browns are right now. I mean, like this is a team that doesn't care who they're facing off against. They don't care what the narrative is. They don't care about the history and the storyline and if they have a chance or if they don't have a chance or if they have players and coaches that go out for COVID and they don't get to practice at all. I mean, how big of a confidence boost is this? Because the hurdles that they had to climb to get to this point and then to reach this game and then win the game, like, I'm sorry, I would be like, nothing can stop me. Like, Patrick Mahomes, bring it on. Like, what what did we just go through? I mean, yeah. to, to be, if you want to, if you really want to boil it down, the Browns only need to win three more games to be Super Bowl champions. That's it. <laughs> like, ah, I'm going to start look, crying again. Like, like they already, <sighs> they already won 12 games. What's three more? Right. And you know what? Like we were talking about, I think two weeks ago, maybe um, we were talking about Baker's performance. And I said, sometimes you don't have to be great. You just have to be good enough. Yeah. The Browns could be good enough. On any given day, to beat the Chiefs, who are the biggest obstacle. Now, next week, I'm not saying that, you know, oh, yeah, Brown's got this, blah, blah, blah. But, like, it could very well happen. Like, this isn't done. I think yesterday was a much bigger, you know, as far as ranking the challenges. I mean, going into that game yesterday on the road in Pittsburgh versus a team that you historically don't do well against, everything, you didn't have any practice, pieces were missing – that was the biggest challenge I think that they're going to face this year. Yes. Next week, if they have people back, and you know, obviously Stefanski is going to be back next week. Thank God. Um, I'm sure other. Pl- I'm I'm literally knocking on wood here that nobody. There's nothing else that goes wrong Tuesday this week as far are as COVID. Bad days. So yes, yes, wood. we will see tomorrow. Um, but yeah, like I, it could happen. They could, and the Chiefs. You know, they've barely won a lot of games this year. I think that's important for people to remember, too. The Chiefs have barely won a bunch of games. Yes. I mean, they, they definitely are beatable. And yes, I 
Kevin Stefanski, I mean, he wasn't even there this Sunday. I mean, I know he game-planned the entire week for this team, but he's smart. Like, yeah. you have to put your faith in him to game-plan yeah. against this Chiefs team. I mean, we know what the defense is, and we're going to get into the, the summary of the game, but with Kevin Stefanski, this coaching staff, and these players, like, being this hungry, like, I'll take the Browns. I'll take yeah. the Browns in any game. I don't care. Let's don't do it. Care. Okay. We need to play them Britney's motivational speech again. Yeah. Oh I yeah. Mean, <laughs> Britney had that. Motivational they obviously speech. listened to it, guys. Yeah. Oh they, yeah. That's what this means. Kyle they Brandt played had that. a really good speech on Good Morning Football. Jim Rome had a great speech. I mean, like there were like I I had like hours of speeches to go back and listen <laughs> to. And Britney Mollis was at the top of the list. They were they were oh playing that gosh. they were playing that in the locker room before the game and then they're playing Corvette Corvette after. <laughs> <laughs> Corvette Corvette. Oh, that's right. Okay, so some other storylines quickly before we get into the game. Um I actually think this kind of leads into the actual game. So let's talk about how the Browns actually pulled off this victory. Well, the Browns were the Browns, guys. They played their brand of football. And it all started with the offense and Baker Mayfield. Uh, Baker Mayfield looked spectacular in this game. Um, His overall stats, 21 of 34, 263 yards, three touchdowns. He had 115 quarterback rating and a 90.5 PFF grade. Great performance against the Steelers teams. And and he did not perform very well against the Steelers team in the earlier part of the season. Mm -hmm. Um, A couple of other facts that I saw I just wanted to point out here. This came from Next Gen Stats. So Baker's decision-making was just on par. He, against the Blitz, performed 13 for 18, 192 yards. His three touchdowns came against the Blitz. Um, And the Steelers blitzed 53% of the time. He got the ball out quickly, 2.34 seconds. He was 0.25 seconds faster than any other game this year. And he was not pressured in any of his 34 dropbacks. I mean, this is exactly what you needed from Baker Mayfield. T.J. Watt... Was he even playing? Did TJ Watt play last night, you guys? Or was he resting again? Well, he <laughs> stuffed Nick Chubb a few times, but then I think at some point Nick Chubb kind of figured him out, and then he couldn't stop him. Like, TJ Watt made an appearance, and it was brief. And then every time he made an appearance, Baker would figure out how to throw past him, or Nick Chubb would figure out how to run through him. So, yeah. I mean, he was... I mean, at one point, I don't know if you heard this on the broadcast, Bree, but at one point, Jimmy Donovan was like, I'm saying Derek Watt's name more than I'm saying TJ Watt's name. (laughs) I love it, Jimmy D, with the pettiness. Yeah, it was crazy how, you know, going into this game, you're like, oh, TJ Watt, Miles Garrett, like, ooh. But neither one of them, you know, the game went on without either one of them making, like, a huge impact on it, you know, which was, was surprising. Yeah, I yeah, that's the one thing that I'm like sad about because I wanted Miles to get several sacks against Mason sure. Rudolph because I wanted him to beat the single season sack record. Um, and then yesterday, I just wanted him to get sacks because I think Big Ben deserved it. And yes, um, <laughs> yes, thank you. I just I was I was sad that Miles wasn't able to to break through the line, but you know he's a key key factor in in the defense, and I'm glad we have him. I'm sure he was getting double and triple teamed a lot. Oh, yeah. Easily. Per usual. Yeah. I um, I read, too, I think Aditi, Aditi had some great tweets. Um, like we, we obviously love her and follow her, but she had some great tweets during the game, post-game, and then um, all throughout today, too. But I remember reading, um, it was pre-game, she had tweeted that Minka Fitzpatrick was, like, 
shadowing Baker again, like staring at him while Baker was warming up. And apparently this is what he did against Baker in that first game of the season where he had the pick six. And um, I just think it's hilarious because he also was a non-factor. And I just like love how the Steelers think that they're just so intimidating just by like existing. Like go ahead and stand there and watch watch Baker because he torched your ass. Yes. And you had the fat fossil. Trying to <laughs> and he got buried like the fossil he is, that <laughs> he, son of a he, bitch. We watched Big Ben turn into a fossil. Like Brittany, you oh, actually we watched him die. spoke that into existence. <laughs> we watched that man get murdered. <laughs> also, one thing that I keep going back to the, the commentary about last night, but it was great. So one thing that you, wait, uh, wait, wait. did you just say it was great? Because I don't think anyone in Twitter agrees with you. <laughs> it was. No, I loved it. He's like, you know, he's such like a dad that it just makes me laugh <laughs> the whole time. So one, you know, like insightful thing that they actually said um, was that, you know, the the Steelers had just gone down by I want to say two or three touchdowns, and I think it was Al Michaels. He's like, so like. How do how do, how does Mike Tomlin rally this team to get back in this game? Like, what does he do? What what's the game plan going forward? And uh, Chris Collinsworth was like, you know, typically I'd say you guys got to get back to playing Pittsburgh Steelers football and you know the ground game and running and blah blah blah. And he's but they don't have that. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so it's like the Steelers have. Ben Roethlisberger. And we saw it last year when they didn't have Ben Roethlisberger. What happens to their offense? It's yep. just, it's not as effective. And last night what we saw was this old man who clearly does not have it anymore throw 70 times. He oh was very God. inaccurate. It was it was brutal to watch. I don't know if yeah. you caught the pregame. Um, they were showing the players, I think, coming out of the locker room to go on the field. And they, they had the cameras on Ben and I think a couple other players like walking down the steps to get out to the field and like big Ben looked like he was struggling to walk down the stairs. Like it looked oh. like his knees hurt walking. Down. I was like, this is oh my God. like, he looked so old that I was like, this is a great sign for the Browns because he just had an entire week off and can't even walk down. Like he needed a cane. <laughs> so He's dead. So, so Big Ben's whole game plan last night, and when the Steelers were not able to do this, they were not able to move the ball. All it was was Big Ben getting the ball up very quickly because that was one of the reasons why Miles really couldn't sack is because Big Ben would get the ball out of his hands before, you know, b- before the defense could get to him. But it was quick, short throws, like a throw for five or six yards, a throw for 15 yards. You know, it was it. I don't think he had a single throw over 15 or 20 yards at all. And I think at the end, at the end of the game, he wound up throwing for over 500 yards and it was all these little dink and dunks and, you know, short passes that marched them down the field. Like I want to say in the third quarter, they took up seven minutes on a single drive that got them uh, a touchdown. And it just ate so much time off the clock because they didn't have a run game. To, to run down the field and Big Ben wasn't throwing the same bombs that Mason Rudolph was throwing the week prior. Like he had one move. That was it. Yeah. 
Yeah, and if anybody yeah. is celebrating the 500 yards of throwing, I'm sorry, but that's just pathetic. I mean, the same thing happened to Dak Prescott and the <laughs> Cowboys. <laughs> yes, yes, that's right. that's right. Against the Browns as well, and the Cowboys still lost. Yeah. I think Jameis Winston threw for 500 yards like every game last season. <laughs> but <laughs> he's so bad. Like, he, but he also it doesn't had, matter. He also had 127 interceptions. So. <laughs> right. Like, it, it, he, I think he finished the season with like 30 some interceptions. Like, yeah, he 30 was 30 and 30. And 30 yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, like, he, you know, Ben Roethlisberger out there slinging for 500 yards that was totally, like, ineffective. <laughs> That's like the I, – I, I can't imagine too many situations where 500 yards means pretty much nothing. Like, they were done in the first quarter. Yeah, they, they were. And, you know, Brittany, I think you said last week um, when we recorded, like, the, the, the Browns are going to have to score, like, 30 points, at least 30 points to win. And, and my mm-hmm. goodness, they, I mean, they did in the first quarter. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> here's the, I, I do feel like they probably would have had at least two more touchdowns if some of the receivers hadn't failed Baker. Like, Ugh, I know that um, was like Hollywood dropped one or two that were right to him. Austin Hooper dropped one or two. And that was that was tough because, like you said at the beginning of the podcast, Baker Mayfield was accurate. He was great. He was exactly what the Browns needed him to be. And, mm-hmm. you know, there were just points where his wide receivers just weren't connecting or his tight ends yeah. weren't connecting. Imagine, was... They probably could have scored 60 points. Oh, my God. Oh. Yes. So I hope that I I mean, I'm Kevin. I'm not telling you how to do your coach. Coach Kevin. Not telling you how to do your job. <laughs> Maybe work on that a little bit in practice this week. Have Baker throw lots to Austin Hooper and, and Higgins. And I think Harrison Bryant is off the COVID list, too. So he needs to work on his hands. Yeah. Um, and we have to talk about Nicholas Chubb and Mr. Kareem Hunt because they were also fantastic. I mean, Kareem Hunt, I know we talk about Nick Chubb all the time. And, and Nick Chubb is a fan favorite, rightfully so. I mean, he's he's an amazing running back. But Kareem Hunt, man... He was out for blood last night. Both of he them on. combined for 206 yards, and they had three touchdowns. They were a factor in the run game and then also in the receiving game. So those screen like it, those screen passes, the things that the Browns used to get beat on time and time again, they were able to capitalize themselves on offense. I mean, that Nick Chubb touchdown, that screen pass where he ran for 40 yards and scored to essentially seal the game. Yeah. That yes. was probably my favorite player of play of the entire game so let's talk about another play that I really feel just I think it was the nail in the coffin for the Steelers so the Browns were just absolutely dominant in the first quarter and in the first half and the third quarter was a little bit rough Um, the Steelers were marching down the field the defense the Browns defense could not stay off the field Baker went three and out a few times and I think it was when the third quarter end ended going into the fourth quarter Mike Tomlin decides when the when the Steelers are at fourth and one, when they've already had several third and fourth down conversions up to this point, he decides to punt. And it goes through the back of the end zone and the Browns get a touchback. And I think that was the moment that the momentum shifted in the game. Like I was worried. I was worried for the Browns at that point because it just looked like their defense was struggling. The offense was struggling. Something stopped clicking in the third quarter and I was like oh my gosh like if this is what the collapse is going to be like this is what it's going to look like and then all of a sudden it's Mike Tomlin says oh fourth and one at midfield sure let's punt and I just I think that brought the life back into the Browns because then they were just unstoppable for the rest of the game why would he do that 
I don't know. That's the thing. I yeah, think, and it was funny because I was listening to, today. yeah. So I was listening to a little bit of Pittsburgh radio um, earlier just because I was very curious, and they were they're furious about that play. Oh yeah, like they are absolutely just they are up the wall and it's unfortunate because I do think that Mike Tomlin is a very good football coach um I'm just wondering if Pittsburgh is really the right place for him right now but that just that is a very baffling decision and I think after the game he said they wanted to pin the Browns back in the end zone because I think up until that point anytime the Browns had started with a with bad field position like at the 10 or something like that they weren't able to to get it past the halfway point so he kind of explained it like that, but I'm also just like, uh, fourth and one at midfield when you're down by at least two scores, you got to go for it. Listen, I want to go for it all the time. Like, I don't even need <laughs> punting. Just get rid of punting altogether. And just every time fourth, you just go for it. Don't tell that yeah. to the Scottish Hammer. Listen, I'm sorry. Like, I just think that that's the way to play. You, you believe in you guys or you don't. So just go for it every time. I actually thought that that said more about the Browns. Than it, than it did about the Steelers. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I don't know that they've been great on the Steelers. And I don't know this fact, but like, I don't think they've been great when it comes to fourth down conversions. They also don't have a run game. And I, and I believe yeah. the Browns stopped them on a third and short earlier in the game. So I'm not sure if Mike Tomlin's confidence level was there, even though they were passing the ball over the place on the Browns defense. But I think that he was more concerned about the Browns offense being able to go right down again and score the ball. And he didn't want to, he didn't want to give it back to us like in that yeah. position. So yeah, I, I, think, I thought it said way more about how he, how he felt about the Browns and their play versus the Steelers. See, I really thought they were going to go for it. And the fact that they punted, I don't know what it was, but in that moment where they punted and it was a touchback, like I felt relief. And that was the moment where I said, okay, this is, this is really happening. Like that was my calm. Okay. The Browns got this moment. Yeah. Um, the other guy on offense I want to talk about before we get into the defense is Mr. Jarvis Landry. Uh, Mr. Oh. Old Reliable, five receptions, <laughs> 94 yards in that opening um, touchdown. I mean, I think the receivers, tight ends, struggled a little bit when it came to catching the ball yesterday. And, and I love that Baker Mayfield has Jarvis Landry to rely on. I mean, he he's just a sure-handed receiver. And I think Baker's comfortable with him. And Jarvis just makes the plays. I thought he was going to get penalties at the end of the game man, I know he was, he was just jawing he was shooting his mouth off a little bit I love it you know what I love about Jarvis so much and I was just talking to my brother about this before we started recording I said because we were watching the Browns game and you know Jar- it was the first quarter and Jarvis scored that touchdown and I said you know when he was in Miami it just seemed like he he was good but like he never fit and then you know the the bridges there were kind of burned mm-hmm. and Adam Gase was a dick. <laughs> Go figure. And, you know, he comes to Cleveland. And during that time, you know, Cleveland wasn't what it is right now. It was sort of going through that transitional phase where are we going to be good? I don't know. We'll figure it out. But he came here and he provided such heart and soul to this team. Yes. And he genuinely seems so happy to be in Cleveland. He seems to genuinely love the Cleveland Browns. Like this is his team and his home. And I just, I, I, I love him so much for that. And yesterday I was so happy to see him do so well. I totally agree. He just embraces yes. Cleveland. And, and yes. I think a lot of the players on the team do. Like, that's why I think they're so beloved on this team. Yeah. Just because they embrace what the town is all about. Um, 
they they say the right things they do the right things they play with passion they don't give up i mean this is exactly what we need on this team yeah. i mean him with baker and miles and nick chubb um and kareem i mean they all just kind of balance each other out they work together that chemistry is there yeah they all seem they're so different like their personalities and you know what makes them so special is is you know uniquely theirs whatever it is but they just seem to to complement each other so well as teammates and don't forget jarvis it. was the one who did the um the contagious speech yes from hard knocks yeah. mm-hmm. so and that was his first year with cleveland like that was one of his first moments with the full yeah. team in the locker room and immediately he's stepping up and being a leader yeah like he just took control of that room and was like all right guys this <laughs> that was impressive I still think about that. And I that's, know. that's when he became like the leader of the team. Yeah. He got a shirt. That's when you know you've made it in Cleveland, when you have a shirt after you. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That's the measuring stick. The bar is the floor. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's true. I know it is. I love it. Um, Bless him. Yep. He's got his he's got his little I think I actually have a koozie that says bless him. That's what um Jeff was wearing last night. He was wearing his bless him shirt and I was wearing my Baker shirt. So I think like together Yay. those shirts are very powerful. We're gonna do that again. I mean, I'm pretty sure that we're all gonna have to wear the exact same thing this Sunday. Oh, I still haven't changed. Like I'm actually embarrassed <laughs> to admit this. I'm wearing the same outfit I wore last night and I was sweaty. I was gross. <laughs> oh no, were your palms sweaty? Oh, my knees feet? weak, arms were heavy. <laughs> the vomit on your sweater. <laughs> mom's spaghetti yeah i made the mistake of wearing like fuzzy slippers oh no why would you do that with your sweaty feet i don't know but they like it did not help it was the nervous sweats it was the hot sweats it was it was oh, a god. lot of sweats oh god oh, was it goodness. the stinky sweats did you get the do <laughs> the do for the bo that's right that's right oh man i need to take a shower but like do i not wash these clothes no. Um, no, don't wash them. You can't. Okay. Leave all your stink on it and just put it on next week. That's what Danny does every week. Oh, my, oh my goodness. Yeah, it's been a rough season. <laughs> those, tw- those 11, 12 wins, they stink. <laughs> they get stinky. I know. Yeah. You guys watch pretty much every game together, right? Yeah, and he's always wearing the same. You'll notice, like, if I ever showed a picture, he's always wearing the same outfit because he never washes his clothes. Oh, he'll wash if they lose. That's it. But other than that, nope, he just puts on the same sticky shirt every week. He's like my five-year-old son. That's what that's what little dude does. That's actually how I how I think of him sometimes. <laughs> he is my five-year-old son. Oh, God. Oh, poor Danny. Danny Rose Session. He's the best. He's the best. Um, okay, so we'll go from Danny to the defense. <laughs> <laughs> we actually might, we could use someone else on defense. Um, so I have a question, you guys. I'm trying to figure this out. I've been trying to figure this out for a while. When the Browns get these big leads, everybody on Twitter talks about us going into prevent defense. But, like, can someone explain what prevent defense is if we don't actually prevent things? Okay, I'm going to try, and then Meredith, you could probably give an actual answer because you're, you know, obviously much more qualified than I to explain this. But to me, prevent defense means that you are preventing yourself from doing well. That's <laughs> that's it. That's what prevent de- it was. It's a system. It's a system designed for you to fail but they just keep doing it and nobody understands why they do it in basketball too like it's just they the prevent defense pre- it, it 
helps nothing. Like you are screwed. I can't think name. of one good thing that happens with prevent defense ever. It, oh my God. it needs a new name. Like it's the name is like it's like an oxymoron. Yeah, call it terrible defense. Yeah, it's like just you know just do... useless defense. Run around and pray for the best defense. Because <laughs> that's what it is. <laughs> so the brown the Browns are not built. For prevent defense, and I think that was very apparent in the third quarter. Because if you want to know what <laughs> it actually is, anything. the whole yeah. the whole point of prevent defense <laughs> is to run out the clock. Like yes. that's the whole purpose of those of that scheme. There was like a which minute is why and thirty like, seconds that went off. I know the, the like that <laughs> the age the age old dad <laughs> joke. A minute of, thirty seconds. <laughs> prevent defense prevents you from winning. Like my dad. See, that's my kind of humor. <laughs> my dad. My dad. <laughs> I am a dad. <laughs> one of my one of my colleagues tweeted that last night, and I threw something at him. I was like, "You quit it with your dad jokes." <laughs> I love but, it. But just like the Browns are not built for I don't think any defense is really built for it really cuz what was happening with the Browns defense in the third quarter is that they were just getting so gassed cuz they were out on the field for such a long time and like I said Big Ben kind of had this formula of short quick throws and that was allowing the Steelers to march down the field and the defense just could not stop that. And that's what they needed to stop and that's one of the reasons why the Steelers were able to score twice uh, under that prevent defense type thing. So prevent defense. I know I'm gonna say it like that because like the, the Browns are just not built for it. Like they just need to. I don't know what what the opposite of it is. Smash mouth football. I don't know football guy football. Like I don't know, but it looked like the Steelers' offense was able to adjust from the first half into the second half. It was very apparent. Uh, and then suddenly in the fourth quarter, you know, the uh, the first half defense appeared again with the turnovers and the picks and, you know, what we wanted out of them. But I think that was because they shifted from the prevent defense to actually playing the football game. So just Browns aren't built for it. If I see the prevent defense out of them one more time, I'm going to throw something again because it's they just... better not let them try that against against Kansas City. It's let them work. try. Oh, that. my God. They're like Kansas City is going to put up 100 if the Browns they will that. like that's 100 percent going to happen. Also, I just think it's really inconsiderate for Ben to turn the ball over so many times because then our defense got tired. <laughs> like, it's just rude. He only thinks about himself, right? that selfish fossil. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I guess, like, so I, I, I heard some Steelers fans today essentially, like, blaming the entire loss on the Steelers without giving the Browns any credit. Convenient. Like, that's what they do. Okay. They're entitled, and they think that the Browns aren't deserving of anything, and they should get no credit. Um, yes. But I would like to remind them, because I know that they listen to the show, um, the Browns' defense only allowed 10 points in the entire first half. So when they mm-hmm. when the Steelers had the ball and didn't turn it over, they still went three and out. They couldn't do shit. So, mm-hmm. like, stop saying that the Browns' defense sucks. Like, whenever we went up by a lead that big in halftime, and by the way, we've been in many games where we've been up very big at halftime, mm-hmm. this typically happens to the Browns. They give up a lot of points because, as Meredith just explained, they don't have a great prevent defense. Like, I'm sorry, but, like, they, they probably weren't expecting to be up by 25 points going into halftime. Like, this was not part of their game plan. But thank <laughs> no, you for that gift. <laughs> also, that defense was able to stop two two-point conversions. The Steelers right. went one. They went one for three, and I'm convinced that that last two-point conversion was just a gimme. It was garbage time, and the Browns were like, oh, we'll let you have it. Your moral two-point conversion. <laughs> yeah, and your coach 
like you said earlier, Meredith, wouldn't go for it on fourth and one when you were down two scores. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah, sorry. They, Is yeah, that it, the Browns' it, fault? It, it, nope. That's another thing, too. I think everyone should actually just get rid of kickers altogether. <laughs> everyone should just go for two immediately, and fourth down, should you just have to go for it. I mean, Cody Parker. You sound was like you're running yesterday. the XFL, Brittany. That's the XFL. I would love XFL. to run the XFL. Are oh you kidding God. me? Like, I would thrive in that role. Imagine me as GM of the XFL. <laughs> I would love we it. We would kill it. I mean, the XFL is already great. Like, I loved it. I was very sad that 2020 kind of killed it. Although, I think The Rock bought it. Or, excuse me, Dwayne Johnson. Yes. yes. He goes love by Dwayne him. Johnson now. Um, I love him, too. He is. Yes. Yeah, I love him a lot. Um, Whoa, Meredith just got real. <laughs> she got, like, out of breath she, for a I second. Did. <laughs> I did. I did. Do you need a moment? Um, but, yeah, I, be- I believe he is saving the XFL. I think he bought it from Vince McMahon. And I feel like it's going to be a, bil- a billion times better. I'm with sure Dwayne Johnson, be. I love it. So it's already just, better. We'll have to we'll have to tweet him every day and be like, "Hey, hire at Bird's Eye View. She's yeah. going to make your league amazing." Oh God, that's my dream job, just to to, to redo the XFL. Oh, perfect. I love it. Chef's kiss. <laughs> I love it. Um, okay, so this is the one Dale thing that I saw happening, Brittany, that you were asking about. Okay, um, that's right. So this was happening in game, and and this was Browns fans calling for Joe Woods to be fired in the middle of the game. Oh, oh my God. God. I'm so happy I did not see this. It was so annoying. I mean, it, they were all coming like in response to the third quarter. Like, guys, calm down. It's one quarter. Were people panicking like they were in the Tennessee game 100%. about the comeback? Yes, 100%. Uh, see, me again, I was just chilling. After, after about a minute into that game, I was like, <laughs> oh, I'm good. <laughs> this is smooth sailing now. As soon as he muffed that, I was like, oh. That snaps bad, and then Ben looked at it like it was a bomb, and he was, like, trying to get away from it. I was like, what is he doing? That might have been the stupidest thing I've ever seen on a football field. Yeah, he Like, it was right there. It was right there, and he just, you know, looked at it and kept going. He didn't want anyone it, to land on him. He gave himself uh, up, and he knew, like, he would When you're crushed. at that point, when you're that afraid of, like, Don't someone play. touching you, you need to get out, man. Yeah, you're retire. done. In, in that moment, yes. In that moment, Carl Joseph was Captain America. I don't know if you guys have are big Marvel fans. I am. Yes. I've seen every movie multiple times. But in the first Captain America, before he gets the the serum and they're trying to figure out the the army's trying to figure out who would be a good candidate and they throw a fake bomb and everyone runs away except for Steve Rogers who dives on top of it to protect his platoon. That was Carl Joseph. <laughs> the platoon. <laughs> protect the platoon. <laughs> and and and, uh, and big fossil Ben was everybody else running away from it. Big fat Ben. That's right. You worthless turd. Get out of here. Well, that's the other redeeming thing about this win, too, is I think the Steelers fans definitely, maybe the players a little bit, thought that they could. They thought that the Browns were the best matchup for them. They thought that the Browns were the easiest road to get to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. They wanted to face the Browns. And mm-hmm. I think they also thought that they could beat this Browns team with a an aging 38-year-old quarterback who has not been good all season, who doesn't move around in the pocket, who doesn't want to get hit. They thought that they could literally just come in that game and and just win because they're the Steelers. Like, how mm-hmm. entitled are you that that, yep. that is how you prepare for your playoff game? Yep. Well, I said this last week, or maybe it was the week before. No, it had to have been last week. That one of the reasons why the Steelers fans were so insufferable and so obnoxious and so, you know, oh, you you lost to our backups. Like the reason they were so angry and so aggressive is because they were truly expecting 
to be able to say our backups beat you our third strings beat you and they didn't and that made them angry so then they came into this week saying well you know mom and dad are back they're gonna show you well you know what marquis pouncey and big ben did nothing yeah, and so oh, they did. They did something, all right. <laughs> yeah, they did. <laughs> Those two were the stars of the show. I mean, you know, you just you just wait until T.J. Watt comes. Yeah, back. exactly. They were they were literally expecting Baker Mayfield to just be on the ground the entire game, which is what I find also comical about the entire thing is that T.J. Watt couldn't even get close to Baker Mayfield because he was getting rid of the ball so quickly, like. Again, yeah. T.J. Watt. Like there were times where T.J. Watt was unblocked and still couldn't get to Baker Mayfield. Like. Mm-hmm. Chess guys, chess like weird cones of Dunshire. Cones of Dunshire. That means. (laughs) (laughs) So okay, you have to watch Parks and Rec to understand the reference, but it is a game that one of the characters creates, and it probably requires the most creative thinking and strategy required in order to win the game. So so Stefanski and Barry would be great at it. Okay, that's what we're saying. And I would be. I mean, don't ever Uh don't ever try to challenge either them to cones of Dunshire because you will get beat. Absolutely. Yeah, well, the Steelers, they also were, they had a, a sack streak happening. I think it was like 53 consecutive games or something with a recorded mm-hmm. sack, and the, and the Browns broke that too. <laughs> and that also just makes me so happy that, like, they just think that they're some dominant football team and they're untouchable. and Frauds. 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 It's like, Frauds. No, it Frauds. takes a smart football coach and scheming and really good players like you're so beatable you're so beatable but also Frauds. predictable mm-hmm. go ahead na, na, blitz, na, blitz baker try it again na, 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 na. <laughs> oh we're doing songs now again <laughs> that's why did you guys see Kadero hodge's uh instagram no, story? No. he was singing that song watching yes it, i love like, recording. it I yes love it was amazing it. yeah we did not rehearse the songs this time i just started singing that because i felt it in my heart oh god it's perfect <laughs> so perfect all right. Well, I think we're going to end the show on this, Meredith. I think you'll be pleased. But Cody Parkey was a perfect eight for eight, eight last for eight. night. Perfect Parkey, baby. I Can I get back? Because I did denounce him at one point. Can I get back on the Parkey train? <laughs> I don't know, Meredith. I don't know if you deserve to be back on. You're, you're, That's you true. were just talking about the moving of goalposts. That's true. Well, I was I was upset with Cody Parkey because he was like, I think it was like a, a missed extra point and a few easy missed field goals like the one field goal that I wasn't upset about him missing was the one where the Browns jumped off sides and it got moved back so there were a few that weren't his fault but yeah he had about a two or three game stretch where anytime they they put the the ball up on the tee you know you're holding your breath but you know I don't know if Baker said something to him I don't know if Jarvis said something to him I don't know if he just got his mind right but he was he was in the game last night. Just every single field goal straight up the middle. Yes. Or, or everything just splitting the goalposts every single time, eight times. Yep. Yep, yep. And so. you heard, too, I think Aditi also reported on this, that the Scottish Hammer was practicing field goal kicks <laughs> two before oh. the game, which I was like, oh, no. Oh, gosh. Oh, no. See, that's not – like, it's it's – that's one of those, like – necessary evils because you want to have a reliable kicker but you also don't want to get into the head of your own kicker because that will make him unreliable and you know having somebody else warm up field goal kicks might get into his head but it didn't and he did well i'm i'm so proud of you cody my my little brother like my adoptive little brother i'm so proud of you cody parky (laughs) 
<laughs> Welcome, Jenna, everyone. Oh, Jenna. Oh. Hi, guys. Surprise Hi. guest. Hi. Yes, yes, I wrapped up our Browns chat, but we have to. We have a special guest joining us for the end of this show. Not Joey this time. Well, I, oh, Joey's I hear here. Joey, actually. She's here, though. Joey's loud and proud Jenna, tonight. you sound kind of manly tonight. I sound <laughs> terrible, you guys. She sounds like me. I Is sound, that what you meant? I sound terrible. Was this just from screaming yesterday? Yes, oh 100%. Yes. So Jenna, oh. as everyone knows her at Jen Cisco on Twitter, she also is the owner and founder of her our, our wonderful T-shirt shop that supplies that's what B said shirts, a ton of other shirts, brown shirts, calf shirts, Disney shirts um, at Beleza and Style. We always are tweeting at her. You guys are always asking where we get our shirts from. It's mostly there or where I'm from. Um, both wonderful clothing companies. So Jenna, yes, support local guys. Yes. Gosh, you sound like you should be I on like a one so terrible, you guys. Stop. <laughs> Support local. Support local, you guys. Oh, my God. Jenna. Yesterday was a day. What can we find on your shop? Any any Browns gear, latest Browns gear, playoff gear? Like, what's going on? What's your best seller? I have to know. Yeah. Oh, that's it? a good question. I'm going to have to look that up. Oh, shit. But, I um, I have, I think, God, I really sound like a guy. <laughs> Um, you want to give anyone your OnlyFans account? Because, like, I might call. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I might sign up. Oh, my God. You guys, stop it. Um, so my uh, my best seller is. I'm going to guess what it is. Okay, go ahead. Is this the Stefanski Berry shirt? At one the... point it was, but it mm-hmm. it might be Squad Goals. Squ- I was going to say that. Squad Goals. Those are the two. Okay. Those are the two top. I'm almost okay. positive. I saw um, someone tweet at you yesterday with a baby got backfield shirt, and I just, I that made me so proud. Oh, well, that was a yes, perfect that game was wear. all Meredith's idea, guys. I okay, Ooh. I am so bad at coming up with like phrases and names or anything. I was so proud of that. Like, I was so that was proud. All of Meredith. That. Yeah, <clears throat> my one good idea. It was. Oh, you have the plenty best idea. good. And you, ideas. yeah. What are you talking about? Um, what are you talking about? Um, but anyways, I can't find it right now, but I'm pretty sure that those are still the top two. Um, because Stavansky Berry was the huge hit when we first released it back in like, what, February? Yeah, when they yeah, were March. It was and a while then, ago, back and, in February. And, and then, of course, once. And I another surge like during the election oh, yeah. time. Yeah. Election yeah. time and because the Browns were playing fantastic. And obviously that was all Stavansky and Berry because, duh. duh. Hello, right. smart people. So, uh, yeah. Um, I have, uh, I think, four or five playoff shirts that I released last week when they made the playoffs. Um, They are available in my shop. And, of course, I forgot. Um, I always put out a 20% off with code BROWNS um, for That's What Be Said shirts and the Cleveland section of my shop shirts um, after the Browns win for 24 hours and... I'm not even sure. I remember where I was yesterday. <laughs> so I totally blanked and forgot. And I just told Brittany about an hour ago. I was like, I'll just do it now and then I'll let you guys know and we'll, you know, get the word out. So I'm doing it. Um, well, this airs technically tomorrow, right? Yes. Yeah. It'll, it'll so post tomorrow, it will be. Tuesday. Yes. It will be. Uh, yes. At like 11.59 p.m. Tuesday night. It will end. Uh, but you can go in and get 20% off. Um, all browns and that's what B said gear with code browns and I actually did I made myself so I flew up to Ohio to surprise Brittany um, this weekend 
Mm-hmm. And I'm cautiously, optimistically made myself a Victory Monday mask. Ooh. Oh, yeah, that's cute. And brought it with me. I listed it today because I posted a picture in it earlier on Twitter and I had a bunch of people ask me about it. So I did post it. The link is on my business page. The link is on my personal page. Uh, They are available and that is included in the 20% off as well. Wonderful. Nice. So So are you going to do, because I I ranted about this at the beginning of the show, um, that a lot of the negative deals owe all of us an apology. And one of the things that we've noticed that has been a theme this entire year is that Mollus was right. So I feel like we should Oh, be... we're going to do a Mollus was right I shirt. There's feel no like doubt we need a, a hashtag Mollus was right shirt. And if Absolutely. any of these deals, if any of these deals really want to show contrition, buy yourself a Mollus was right t-shirt once Jenna releases it. Exactly. Yeah. Although, you know what? Jerry Mollus will take credit for that. He'll be like, <laughs> of course, he'll think that the Mollus is You think it's him. about him. Yes. Yeah, 100%. Because the world revolves around him. Because Jerry's the most important person on the planet. <laughs> But he won't come on the podcast. Okay. <laughs> right? One of these weeks, you guys got to get him on because he Listen, is Listen, one day I'll joy. just get him roll stone and be like, Dad, come talk about whatever you want. <laughs> he will sing. What will he sing? Oh, my gosh. Guys. I have to share this playlist. I have this playlist on my Spotify. It's called Dad's Weird Songs. So there's like probably a hand, like a dozen songs weird, obscure nonsense that, like, nobody's ever heard I've of. I've never heard anything like these songs in my it, entire life. I was playing it for Jenna today, and she's like, what is this? I was like, it's my dad's play. Like, they, these songs that he just walks around the house singing. And, and there's so one weird. about, what is there something about soup or yeah, life Parmesan is a, cheese? Life is a minestrone served up with Parmesan cheese. <laughs> That's a song. Those are the actual words to the song. Yes, so we're going to have him on sometime, and yeah, we're just going to get him real stoned and just let it fly. Let It'll it be fly. a bonus episode. Yes. Oh, it's so good. That's right. I love it. So, such good stuff. Jenna, anything else um, our listeners can look forward to um, this year with your shop? I mean, well, if we continue, mm-hmm. we're going to have some more releases. There's no talking doubt talking dirty about again, that. you guys. <laughs> In that manly voice, too. If we continue. Are you guys turned on? <laughs> I can't believe this podcast is free. We should be charging a premium for this. You one. should. $9.99 a day, an episode. Only when Jenna guest, guests yes. on the show. I cannot believe I said, I'm so embarrassed about how I sound oh, right You sound better than you did. You know what? Oh, you should have heard me earlier. I did, Some words came out and some words did not. <laughs> it was so bad. You know what, Jenna? This will be recorded forever for you to remember. Exactly. I can't wait to death. I can't. Was. I hate my voice to begin with, so I really can't wait to listen to this tomorrow. <laughs> the kids, this one time, the Browns won their first playoff game in a very long time, and I went on a podcast the next day. This is what I sounded like. Yeah, I can't wait. <laughs> I can't wait to share this with my kids in 20 years. <laughs> it's going to be so nice. It'll be even They're better after they it. win the Super Bowl. You're like, this is exactly like what led to the Super Bowl. They're going to listen to him and be like, is that dad? <laughs> <laughs> dad? Is that dad? Oh my it's going to be great. I can't wait. Oh, all right, guys. Oh, well, should we wrap up the show? This has been a- another fun. I mean, I I could do a podcast every night if the Browns keep winning. Isn't it therapeutic? Oh, my God. Yes. It's so good. Like, I would just feel just, so much better after we do a podcast. You got to get it all out there. Yes. 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 Twitter Twitter only has so many characters for me to fit in the box. So Yes. They really need to adjust that. 
that could be the future of the pod you know maybe do a few episodes a week maybe we'll just we'll see how much people want what the demand is yeah, they give want the it. people what they want. They want it all, all the time. We want more. <laughs> all right. Well, Jenna, thank you for joining. Do you want to remind everyone where they can find your stuff and then your code that will be good through Tuesday at 11.59 p.m.? Yes, ma'am. Yes. So um, well, you can go to Etsy and type in Beleza and Style. Um, you spell it. It's B-E-L-L-E-Z-Z-A and S-T-I-L-E. You can search it directly from the Etsy website. You can go to um, belezaandstyle.etsy.com. That will take you directly to my page. Uh, my link is in my personal Twitter bio at Jen Cisco and my Twitter business page bio at Beleza Style. Um, so you can find them all four, three. I can't do the math however many ways I just said. <laughs> Um, oh my god, I sound so bad, you guys. Well, also, I believe that we have a link on the Girl Gang Cleveland website. Yes, so you can go to I, yes, you can girl... go to girlgangclee.com and go to merch, and it will take you directly to my Etsy shop. Mm-hmm. Um, and with code Browns, you get twenty percent off your Cleveland or that's what B said section purchase through Tuesday night at eleven fifty nine. Wonderful, Jonathan. And every time the Browns win, I do this typically right after they win when I'm conscious. <laughs> So I apologize for being late well, to the game. Well, I mean, no offense, today. but I hope you're not conscious next week either. So we'll I hope I'm not either. Forget, so I, I hope I'm not either. Um, well, thanks for popping in, everyone. Um, thanks go, for having me, guys. Go check Jenna out on Twitter at Jen Cisco and then her shop at Beleza and Style. As she mentioned, you can find it on our Girl Gang Clee website or Etsy. Um, she's got some amazing shirts and really, really soft quality as well. You will love them. Mm-hmm. Ladies, this was a great night. Let's do this again. What do you say? Let's do it. Let's do it again. Everyone, go Browns. Go Browns. Go Browns.